Productions and the Lying Corporate Media. I'm Jake Duesenberg. We're broadcasting live from Roseville, Minnesota, in the belly of the beast. Here today, joining me on the show, as always, the political junkies led by Mega Jesse. How you doing there, buddy? <laughs> no, I'm doing good. I think we got a lot of really interesting things to get into. We got an awesome interview lined up, so I'm very excited. Hey, I'm losing count. How many indictments does your boy have now at this <laughs> point? Yeah, I know. It's never ending. The deep state is after him. It's like three of four. That's how you got to yep. say it now. It's not just he's got three. It's three of four because there's another one in Georgia coming. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it's coming. It's crazy. We'll get into that story. Also, Minnesota's young blonde Matt Walsh. What, what was I supposed to call you? Someone called you the baby. Oh, Walsh. I don't remember. Baby Walsh. There you <laughs> oh, go. Blonde, Brad baby Ganser, right? blonde baby Walsh. Yeah, there you go. Right. Mr. Straight Lace himself, William. That's what straight lace in your wardrobe this morning. Yeah, or the no. afternoon, whatever it is. You can't see it under the desk there, but he's wearing shorts. So. <laughs> I walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> I have a buddy, Andy Parrish. He used to be oh, a uh, uh, advisor to Michelle Bachman. And there's an infamous picture I have of him on Care 11 set where he's got a suit top, you know, the tie and everything. And he's wearing shorts because the middle <laughs> of summer and he had to go do this media hit, but he went in there. Apparently, it's more common than you think, but yes, I am doing that because it's hot outside. It is. Mm-hmm. You know, all that global warming. Reading your comments is Bridget. If you want to be part of the show, she will try to read your comments. If you for sure want your comment read, especially with our guest today, <laughs> make sure you hit that Rumble rant. $10 or more will we'll interrupt the program and read your comment. We sure will. How are you doing today? Fabulous. Good. Dawson, Deep State Dawson running the dials as usual. Yep. Got a big program today. You ready for this? No, always. I'm ready. We're going to talk about after this COVID search, and we got a great, uh, great interview with Gabe Wrench, who is from Idaho. I love Idaho. Mm-hmm. I'll be out there somewhere, somewhere soon, a couple months. Not, not quite Idaho, but Montana. It's all mm-hmm. the same thing, right? Jesse? Oh, I thought you were implying you were moving there in a couple no, months. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hunting elk, by the way, with gotcha. a bow. Real easy thing to do, by the way. Um, a protester shutting down I ninety four by himself with some political connections. You won't believe this story. We'll show you what he was saying to motorists when he was trying to stop them. U.S., this is a story I don't think is getting talked about enough because, you know, we got to talk about aliens nowadays, right? Big <laughs> distraction because the U.S. credit rating was downgraded by Fitch. So we'll talk about why that happened. If we got time, Devin Archer, this is interesting stuff. Tucker Carlson interviewed him after his uh, interview with Congress. And the third indictment uh, on President Trump and how bullshit this thing is. Is that fair enough? Do we have time to cover all this stuff? Make it quick. After the aliens talk, <laughs> I think we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I, our audience doesn't mind us talking about aliens, but if we talk about Barbie, oh my God, how dare we? <laughs> and I agree with them, by the way. All right, so let's talk about this article. Pull it up, Dawson. The media is still using COVID scares. You wrote this. Uh, William, tell us about it. Yeah, I mean... Um, we discovered a couple of articles from Minnesota media that's still talking about COVID. Uh, the KSTP article uh, was talking about how there are uh, a spike in cases or a spike in testing. It was something weird where they're testing the wastewater. And they discovered like a 54% increase in COVID material in the water. So they decided, well, this is worth an article. Um, what they're really doing is they're just trying to keep people afraid, I think. They're still trying to get clicks. It's kind of embarrassing at this point because, like, COVID is such a dead – it really should be. It really should be a dead subject. But what's happening is that, um, you know, universities and employers point to articles like this and say, look, see, this is why we need to keep our vaccine mandates in place. 
This is why we encourage you to wear a mask. Um, and then, of course, you have the, the neurotics who still wear their masks out and about, who still insist on keeping the six feet between you. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, haven't you seen that COVID cases are up 54% in the metro area? It's just it's just so ridiculous. I don't remember if I was saying this on the show or this was like one of our meetings, but yeah. I was on the St. Croix. I was doing an overnight camp trip with the boys. And this was like the busiest day ever on the St. Croix. Right, East, Eastern Minnesota, Western Wisconsin, that, you know, north of Stillwater. That's the St. Croix River. Gorgeous river. Love it. And um, there's this uh, couple in a kayak. Oh, no. Was it a tandem? No, it's two think different I know kayaks. Where this is going. And they're wearing a mask. Wow. <laughs> and this was like three weeks ago. Now, someone brought up to me that that's probably the Canadian wildfires, but for some reason I don't believe it. Because they kind of look like that type that would still wear a mask for COVID. Well, wait, was mm-hmm. it was this when it still smelled like plastic outside? I don't think it, it, I don't think it was that bad. But I mean, see, do you that think would that's be the, the case? One, what do you think? I it don't is, think COVID? that would have stopped the smell though. Like I would have stopped that because the smell mm-hmm. was so. Bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd wear a mask too if you could stop that smell. It was awful. Yeah. So maybe, but like you, you're better off with like one of those filtered masks you know what i'm talking about like the yeah like a n95 you're saying yeah yeah not not the or a gas mask surgical mask. A gas mask or a gas mask right <laughs> yeah i don't know i i somewhat think they were still afraid of covid outdoors in the summer on the sacred river but i guess i'll never know because i didn't go talk to them because i don't usually talk to those kind of people that's a joke i'll talk to anyone honestly i'd be very interested but i had a canoeing to do so um, you know, let's go back to that article. You clicked to a story you did, I think it was on Monday, a handful of schools. There's a list of schools that still have vaccine mandates. Now, Jesse joined us here because he was going to law school and they mandated the vaccine and mm-hmm. he didn't take it. You actually got out of school, luckily, without having to get the jab. Yeah, they didn't mandate it, but they required you to get tested every week. Um, in order to go into academic buildings. Yeah, it's incredible that they, you know, do something unconstitutional for you, you know, uh, for you to be able to get your law degree. It just showed that, uh, you know, the systems that are in place are totally broken and they don't care about our freedom. No, they definitely don't care about our freedom. If you look, uh, there's a chart. Scroll down there, Dawson, for us. There are um, uh, mandates here. 104 colleges in the U.S. still mandating COVID vaccines for students faculty exempted, and some have indicated they will never let this go. Really? Mm-hmm. All the while, they refuse to make sense of the pseudoscience, otherwise known as political science. So the vast majority look like they're uh, from the far left states, California, Illinois. What did we have? Pennsylvania, New York, right? But you got two in Minnesota. We got McAllister College, St. Catharines University. For those watching in Wisconsin, uh, Alverno College? I don't even know what that is. Coming from, Let's see. Is our guest from Idaho? Nope, nothing in Idaho. No shocker there. Hmm. So you can look on this, actionforliberty.com. We got it posted. But, yeah, still being mandated on some college campuses. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. My big question is, do we go back to some degree of COVID tyranny? I'm thinking no, but we got an election coming up a very important election they're mm-hmm. clearly trying to stop donald trump from running right with these indictments and the conspiracy mind that i sometimes bring forward is was this whole lab leak done to basically stop donald trump 
right? Mm-hmm. Or was it a ploy for China to become a superpower, overtake the United States? One of those things seems to be logical, but they hate Donald Trump so much. Obviously, by having a global pandemic, they can change the election rules. I shouldn't say laws because they just basically upended the laws, mm-hmm. which allowed for, you know, for instance, like absentee ballots not to have witness signature. Yeah. So I don't know. So is there going to be a push to go back to COVID tyranny because of that election? Don't know. But they are starting to sound these alarms, at least with our local media. I yep. think it's more likely you'll see climate lockdowns. Yeah, that's what Brad says in the comments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, they, it says not scaring the voters. We've known about this so, so-called climate disaster forever, and it's not scaring the voters at all. Well, Otherwise, when government starts taking action like they did with yeah. the lockdowns, that's when it becomes real to people. Talking heads on the media, um, TV screens don't do it anymore. Yeah, but they can't do the lockdowns unless people are scared. That's the whole point of COVID. Mm-hmm. But if you do the lockdowns, people become scared. Oh, so you're saying, no, I don't, I don't, think, I was, it, I don't I think it plays out but that it, way. But it is incredible how many people just obey the orders, do whatever they're told, whether it's by COVID, whether it's by, you know, uh, climate mandates and lockdowns that, you know, we have to be ultra aware. We have to be vigilant and, uh, you know, prepared to fight the government on these battles. My, my brothers in arms are the people that stood up to this COVID tyranny. We obviously mm-hmm. were right away against COVID tyranny. Let's go to this uh, video here and then we'll bring on our guest. In Idaho, this is so interesting. This is, you know, back during those days. And, of course, Idaho, probably not the worst, but this is the city of Moscow. Tell us about Moscow. Yeah, Moscow is uh, where the University of Idaho is. It's one of the only liberal towns in uh, the entire state of Idaho. And uh, as soon as COVID came, they were uh, implementing these mask mandates, these lockdowns, and all kinds of things. They shut down the university. They made it all online. And... uh, this example here in this video proves how uh, insane they really went. Go ahead and play that. You see those circles? That's where people are supposed to stand. Remember those? You guys remember that? I mean, I I remember seeing these videos at the time. Obviously, one person got arrested here in Minnesota, Lisa Hansen, mm-hmm. for disobeying the governor's lockdown orders. Of course, it happened to us statewide here. This is a city rule. Join us today, Gabe Wrench, the guy there in handcuffs. I think those handcuffs have been off for quite some time. They detained you briefly. Is that correct, Gabe? I went to jail for three hours that night. That was it. And, and no formal charges. Is that correct? No, I had criminal 
um, misdemeanor complaints filed against me. Mm -hmm. um, that would be about a thousand dollars in fines, up to six months in jail. But they dismissed it after four months. Oh, really? So Interesting. I I had to hire a lawyer um, to defend me, and and then we, my lawyer was just really good, and we just said, "Hey, you're going to lose because I, my first amendment rights were protected." And then so the city acknowledged that after about three months and then asked for a letter of dismissal from my lawyer and um, my letter of dismissal from my lawyer is really good. They threw that in the trash and they wrote their own letter of dismissal. And that's what went public because they wanted to have the last word on all this. Of course and so did. that, so four months into it, they dismissed my case and I got notified on Saturday afternoon. What judge is working on Saturday afternoon? Um, they did that because they didn't want to, um, a, you know, media cycle off the dismissal. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. I, I've never seen a judge work on a Saturday afternoon. No mm -hmm. doubt about it. Tell us about that event here. I mean, you guys are doing a service outdoors. I mean, COVID doesn't spread outdoors, really. You know that? You probably knew yeah, that from no. the get-go. Yeah, they, they apparently didn't <laughs> know that. My city didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. city didn't know it. <laughs> no, they knew. They knew. So you're protesting having a church service, religious freedom, right? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. tell us about right. that event. Yeah, so, you know, we've been battling our city for about five months because our mayor shut down downtown on March 20th or 25th. I can't, my date's in 2020. He he shut down downtown and, and ordered businesses to close at the threat of cops enforcing it. And cops were walking downtown with clipboards. And, I mean, it was crazy. It was like, Jeez. you know, I mean, one of the things that is has been exposed in all this is that the, the Democratic Party really is being, operating more like a cult. Mm -hmm. and and more like they're the new party of the ccp you know yeah. control coercion and power and and so that's how they had to operate during covid so he shut down downtown but would go five miles out of town jesse would know this or he'd know he'd go five miles out of town to elk lodge and drink beer and play golf with his buddies <laughs> yeah and literally the week after you know the two weeks following he was doing this mm -hmm. and you um, know yeah, and Gabe, you know, I remember back in uh, April of 2020, I know that you were on top of it even back then uh, because there was a mask mandate protest. I can't remember if it was in front of the city hall or if it was in front of the courthouse, but in April, you were on top of it. And I remember a couple of old people were talking and saying, you know, oh, there should be speakers and uh, there were no speakers planned, but you got up on a podium, you started talking, you started letting the people know, uh, you know, what, what's going on, what the fight is, what people should be doing. And you know, in that moment, people saw you as the leader and uh, people saw you as the guy leading this front for our freedom. Yeah, I inadvertently ended up um, running for county commissioner this year before COVID even happened. I just was running for county commissioner because mm -hmm. our county commissioners raised our taxes four years in a row and no one would run against them. And so I was like, I'll do it. And my and then, you know, weeks later, the COVID shutdown happened after I signed off to run. Mm -hmm. And then so I became like this political leader. Mm -hmm. um anti-lockdown leader and so i led this open up business rally had hundreds 300 probably about 300 to 200 300 people from all over northern idaho not just my town people were fed up and were really hungry it's just to open up business rallies all it was mm -hmm. and so i ended up you know not really planning much to do and so i ended up speaking for about 10 minutes and praying and we ended in jesus name and prayed over everything it was great and so I kind of became this anti-lockdown political candidate on top of kind of um, our religious um, differences on what was going on with COVID. And so I had 
emailed our city council. I had emailed our mayor. I had met with our chief of police. I had met with our sheriff. I mean, I really reached out and tried to get them to back down. Um, cordial meetings, you know, cordial texts, cordial emails. But it was, it was, they were unreasonable. You couldn't reason with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they had shut down. Our mayor signed, the, you know, this health order to shut down downtown before one case of COVID was in town in March. Yep. Insanity. Mm-hmm. And then um, July 2nd, 2020, they voted to extend the, the portion of the emergency order where if you're outside, you had to stand six feet apart or wear a mask where you could not stand six feet apart. That was the the presiding order that we end up getting kind of really, really kind of thrown down over. So the way our my church would protest um, is we'd go sing hymns and psalms in downtown and for like 20 minutes, we wouldn't throw Molotov cocktails and <laughs> then we'd leave and, and go back to our houses and family mm-hmm. life. That's all we do. And and then March, uh, excuse me, September 2023, uh, September 23rd, 2020 is when we decided, hey, let's instead of going to downtown, let's go to City Hall, which is where the parking lot where they had spray painted. Mm-hmm. When we got there, they had spray painted those polka dots on the on the parking lot. So I, was, I was walking on. I was walking over the grass on city hall and walking out to the parking lot. I'm like, were, were they like playing, you know, hopscotch or polka dot? Were they playing some sort of guy? That's what I first thought. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, I was like, Oh, they cleared the parking lot of all the cars. They're trying to stage this whole battle. Yeah. So they could objectively see that we weren't standing six feet apart. Mm. And so when we all got there and before we sang, the cops told our pastor saying, Hey, if you aren't standing six feet apart or wearing a mask, we're going to cite and potentially arrest. And my pastor turns around and relays that to the, to is mostly people from my church. There's a couple of people that weren't from my church that were there and wanting to sing and support. Mm-hmm. And, and so my pastor turns around and tells everybody, Hey, the cops told me this FY and, and no one moved. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like 200 <laughs> people just stood right where they were. No one moved. We're like, okay, let's, let's do this. Yeah. And so they, um, I'm, I'm leaving out some details just to keep the story pacing here, but they walked up to my mom first because they're cowards and they had to talk to a woman and, and, you know, you, but, but you guys know the COVID rules. Like if the family's standing next to each other, they can't, um, COVID doesn't pass through family. So we were fine. <laughs> right. Um, and then I was next to my buddy Tyler and I just put my arm around Tyler and I said, the cop approaches me and I said, this is my friend Tyler. I just, I just said it. I just, I'm like, Hey, let's, let's just do this. This is my friend Tyler. And so the cop asked for my license. And I said, officer, I don't have to give you my driver's license. I'm exercising my First Amendment rights. Uh, and, and of course, as as I'm, uh, 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 you guys already pointed out, that exercising your First Amendment rights, I'm embodying the First Amendment rights. I'm worshiping. I'm petitioning. I'm mm-hmm. free speech. You know, I'm gathering and assembling. Those are all First Amendment right, you know, virtues as, as we see it. And and so I told the officer, I was like, I don't have to give you my license. I'm your job is to. Um, you you swore an oath to protect me against this tyranny. You're, you swore an oath to defend me against the mayor. You're upside down here. Mm-hmm. And so we went back and forth about three or four, time, four times. And of course, he never, the officer never um, responded to my points. He just kept asking for my driver's license. He's, you know, he's like a robot. That's all he could, that's all he could do in that time, mm-hmm. in that moment. And, and as you see, the most eerie thing, I still, I'm just watching the video you guys replayed it right now. The most eerie thing is watching the chief of police take my hymn book from me mm-hmm. yep. so they can handcuff me and if it, it, you know that's like whatever principles 
you have to violate as your own oath of office to do something like that, to take the hymn book out of one of your citizens' hands, to handcuff them and arrest them when they're when they're exercising their principal rights. It, I mean, it, it's eerie. It was, I mean, the whole thing was pretty egregious, but that moment was really kind of um, shocking to me. Yeah, they got to start having that that, conversation, and that's the problem. You know, we're generally pro-law enforcement. You know, we're diagnosing the uh, shooting that happened here on Tuesday. I think we mentioned this on the show Tuesday, but I'm sure we've done it many times. You know, the left and BLM, which is an extension left, really socialistic, okay, yeah, it, right now it seems like they're pushing for anarchy, but don't for a second think that they don't want law enforcement to some degree, right? Oh, because yeah. they need yeah. people to enforce these terrible, terrible laws. And in Minnesota, we saw this happen also in municipalities. Luckily, a lot of sheriffs, not all of them, but a lot of sheriffs weren't on board with this stuff, right? And didn't enforce it. But, yeah, because we also had a statewide um, shutdown. When you say this happened in September, in Minnesota – we had COVID basically disappear, for lack of better terms, late summer. And then it reared its ugly head in November. They said it was because of funerals and weddings. And then we went into a second illegal shutdown, lockdown. Uh, September, this was the mentality in the uh, city in September? Oh, yeah. What was going on? Were you well, guys having an influx of COVID cases? No, we'd gotten up to 400, I think, at that point, and no deaths. Um, so there's no influx, you know, and as Jesse knows, like we're in this uh, blue dot in a red state and mm-hmm. the liberals here and uh, I'll flush this out a little bit here. The liberals here, it re- we really are run by like a liberal cult, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like facts don't matter to them. Uh, rationality and logic don't matter to them. And that's why I think, I think it's kind of an apt description. They really are the party, the new party, the CCP. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they run by coercion. They run by, um, uh, 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 control and power, CCP, and and then in addition to this, like hypocrisy doesn't matter to them. My mayor, you know, is playing golf and drinking beer with his buddies while he orders all the businesses in, in his town to shut down. Mm-hmm. My mayor, uh, three weeks before I was arrested, he was officiating a wedding outside with no masks and no <laughs> social distancing. Three weeks before he had me arrested, mm-hmm. so it's like. This liberal cult, you know, exists, and this is how all cults exist, because hypocrisy doesn't matter to them. Yeah, and it's and, definitely you know, uh, it's definitely a liberal cult because, you know, I remember at my time at the university that your church, Christ Church, was always getting demonized, was always getting smeared by the university, by the students, by the city council, by everybody. And uh, I thought it was insane. I didn't know what was going on. I took it upon myself. I said, I'm going to go to one of these sermons and— <laughs> to me, it was just a Christian message. It wasn't extreme. It was exactly what I expected out of a Christian church. And were you guys right. maybe more hardcore than some churches? Of course, but that's good, too. That's still, you know, adhering to the Christian message. So I'm wondering, why, why does the Christ Church get smeared so much? Because it is nonstop in Moscow. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been here since 2002, and we've been lied about since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I think um, really what you're seeing here in our town is a microcosm of what's growing nationally between the liberals and conservatives. And really it's a proxy war between liberals and Christians nationally. Uh, and so that's why uh, the democratic party is full of liars. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's not that the Republicans don't lie. We got our liars. We got the liar mm-hmm. in New York, whatever his, I can't even remember his name anymore, but um, we, we have liars. You got narrow, like, it narrowed down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we should be able to call it out ourselves. That shouldn't bother us. We aren't a cult. 
you know, hypocrisy should bother us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the liberals, they lie, and then they, they don't care about it, and, and that's where the hypocrisy kicks in. And so the same thing's been happening in our town since I, since I've been here in 2002. I, I graduated from the University of Idaho too, Jesse, mm-hmm. and I was constantly lied about up there. But I think it's also because um, the social justice and Me Too movement, those plays were run on us back in 2002, three, and four when I was here. We, my pastor wrote a book um, called Black and Tan, talking mm-hmm. about how uh, slavery should not should have ended by the gospel and not by a war in the same way abortion should end by the gospel and not by a war because Mm -hmm. we had people in our camp wanting to shoot abortion doctors Mm -hmm. and that's why he wrote that book and we immediately got called southern sympathizers you know uh you know we want to go back to antebellum south all that bs Mm -hmm. and it wasn't we wanted to end slavery we're just saying hey if if abortion kills 60 million babies Mm -hmm. and slavery killed you know six hundred thousand soldiers plus enslaved three million blacks uh well, we think they should both, and because they're such embedded cultural sins, we should think they should end by the gospel, not by a bloody war. That was mm-hmm. the argument. So we, so we were picking, we were talking about things in a way that liberals hated it um, mm-hmm. back in 2002, and that's why social justice and the Me Too movement came after us back then, and that's why we've been lied about since. And then mm-hmm. in addition to that, you have a bunch of cultic you know, liberals in town who want power, and so they actually don't care that we get lied about because it keeps – it makes it difficult for us to win, you know, city council elections and win county commission elections because mm-hmm. we're just lied about. And the common person who doesn't know, uh, like, you know, Jesse has to go to church to figure it out. Mm-hmm. He has to go visit what we're doing and figure it out and be like, oh, yeah, you guys are being lied about. That's pretty yeah. ridiculous. Gabe, but what does the Southern Poverty Law Center think about you guys? <laughs> you have to get to the bottom yeah. of this. We're on the list. We're, we're on oh, the yeah. List. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, let's – uh, I think the the people running the Northern Poverty Law Center might be waiting Great in people. on this one. Great people. Great people. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people like the – a lot of people say good things about those people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's fast forward here because the reason that we want to bring you on is you just actually got a judgment in your favor. So they dropped the charges four months later, as you say. On a Saturday, they announced this thing to bury it in the media. Um, you sue them in – is, do I have this right in 2021 and it took two years? Yeah, about three years. So, and my case got dropped January, got dismissed by the judge January 2021. And then um, I, uh, my wife, me and my wife were talking and, and I was like, I didn't want to sue my cops because it was really the liberal city mm-hmm. council and the cult that kind of runs town that I wanted to go after. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but I, I emailed my chief of police and I emailed my arresting officer in January, February. And I said, Hey, let's meet. And I, I start off the meeting. I was like, Hey, meanwhile, I've talked about this. We don't want to sue our cops. Um, that's why I'm here. I'm meeting with you because I don't want to sue you. And I, I, I want to know why you did what you did and how your oath and the constitution plays into this. Mm. My chief of police. So I was just trying to have an honest dialogue. My chief of police, the meeting wasn't reassuring at all. You know, he was, I think he was being, um, holding his cards to his chest because he didn't want to be sued and didn't mm-hmm. want to contribute to, to whatever he might say right. he might be used against him. Yep. That's what it felt mm-hmm. like to me, yep. um, which is, you know, Understandable. is what it is. I yep. mean, it, you know, and disappointing because I was actually trying to have an honest dialogue. I was trying not to sue him. Uh, so I left that meeting and called my wife and I was like, well, hey, I think we need to sue our chief of police. I don't think he's really learned anything here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I met with my arresting officer and it's more egregious. My arresting officer said if I was there i would do it all over again wow. i was like what it's it incredible 
All the officers who are involved in the arrest have left the police force or retired, except for my no, chief police. No kidding. And like early yeah. retirements? Oh, they, yeah, within months of my now, arrest. Now, you wow. see generally the profession um, having a lot of people leave, and that's basically how they're being treated, BLM, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, most of Idaho doesn't fall prey to that, but it, could that yeah. possibly be also because in Moscow with college, they had to deal with that bullshit, or do you think it's something else? Yes. Yes. Well, and here's what's crazy about the whole BLM stuff. The BLM stuff came through our town. Mm. And we, so I host a show called Cross Politic. You can see it on my hat here, crosspolitic.com. Oh, I'm going to be it, checking it, that out. It's a Jesus is Lord over politics kind mm -hmm. of show. You know, it's like we, we love talking politics and we love talking about why Jesus is Lord over it all. Um, my co host is a black man and, you know, married to a, a black woman and has seven kids. My other co host is a pastor, um, a white guy. Um, we were, reaching out to our chief of police saying, Hey, we got your back. Um, and my co-host, uh, Knox, his wife, his, his, you know, black wife emailed or called the chief of police and said, Hey, you don't worry about this black lives matter stuff. We got it. The chief of police, this is months before I was arrested. The chief of police, um, wanted to stop by their house and get a picture with them and bring gifts to the kids because he wanted a photo op because of their support with oh, him in God. town against black lives matter. Oh, and they said, Knox and his wife were like, no, we don't do photo ops, um, but we got your back. Mm -hmm. um, so when BLM came to town, like we had, a, we had their back. We had emails with them. We texted them. We said, don't, don't worry <laughs> about this stupid BLM stuff. And uh, pretty funny. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, right. and I think, uh, you know, during your arrest, I think you looked like a badass. And, you know, you, you had a just cause. You stood your ground. You defended freedom. You were against the mandates. And, you know, everyone thought you handled it perfectly. Even President Trump was uh, giving you credit and letting people know what was going on there. And so I'm sure you maybe knew, but did you know in that moment that it was going to go as viral as it did? You know, uh, first off, when we walked up to start singing, um, we had been doing that for six months or some, some level of protest for six months. Mm -hmm. And they had, and even then they had never cited anybody or arrested anybody in town at all. But the reason why things boiled over that night is because we kept poking the bear. You can't do this. You can't do this. And nicely poking the bear. Every, yeah. every month mm -hmm. we had seen Psalms in public and do it again. And, and, and so, uh, but we, we got to the point where we had maxed out their patience, I guess with us. And so had so I never thought I still didn't think I was going to get arrested that night, but that's what obviously ended up happening was their mm -hmm. patience was over, and they ordered the cops to arrest us. And and so when I, um, yeah, I mean you never you never think these things are going to go viral. You think what's pretty hap what happens is pretty egregious in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember getting getting taken to the cop car. And my pastor came over and just started rebuking the officers like you're violating your oath. This isn't right. This is not righteousness. And then my brother walked up. He was late. He's always late to everything. And so he <laughs> he walked up as a um, get into the car. <laughs> wow. But, but he gets in and, and he says, This is bullshit, officer. Um, you you guys are in the wrong and just start start like my brother started rebuking him and it was just a fantastic moment. But mm -hmm. I remember on the way to the station, the jail, um, I'm rebuking the officer. I was like, Oh, I'm I'm I might as well get my money's worth. And I just start rebuking the officer, you know, in the back of the car. Mm -hmm. And then of course you get out that night, and what happened? Three hours later, I get out that night. Um, my wife—I uh, was supposed to on the way home, so the five o'clock was in the protest right after work. Mm -hmm. On the way home after the protest, it's fifteen minutes of singing, so five fifteen, five twenty, you leave, and then on the way home, I was going to stop by Safeway to get some things for dinner. Um, well, I didn't come home that night, 
um, my pastor called and let my wife know what happened. You know, it hadn't gone viral yet. Mm. And so my wife calls and leaves a voicemail on my phone. I wish I would have saved this voicemail. It's frustrating. Mm -hmm. I didn't. She left a voicemail and said, hey, uh, you don't have to worry about stopping by Safeway on the way home. And you're probably living your best life in jail right now. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> oh, she's, um, she's a and, keeper. And she's fantastic. Yeah, she's fantastic. And so I get out that night and in my Knox, my host, co-host calls me and says, like, go to the studio right now. We're going live. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so we immediately, some of the people involved in filming the shots that you saw, uh, we get them all in the studio. And we just go live and we just, it's just a raw show. I mean, you go back and watch it. Nice. I haven't seen it in a long time, but um, it was a real raw show mm-hmm. um, because like this is six months boiling over of protesting and unconstitutional mandates from our mayor and city council. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a real raw show and that went viral. Uh, it went all over the place. And then next day I was literally on news outlets from like 6 a.m. till 8.30 that night and ended up on Laura Ingram. The last show I went on was Laura Ingram that night. Mm-hmm. And then like a week later or within days, I can't remember all the dates, but within within a week, I guess, um, President Trump retweeted my arrest. So it was just like viral, viral, viral moments after moments because I had, I had people all over the world emailing me. One, mm-hmm. I'll never forget this one email I got from this pastor. I can't even remember where he's at. He's a missionary. And he said, uh, I thought that that arrest happened in Moscow, Russia. Mm-hmm. And then when I found uh, yeah. out it was from Moscow, Idaho, I never would have imagined seeing this happen in America. Right. You know? And and so I think that it was just a shock to the system in a way that some of the other COVID uh, protests weren't. Because a lot of people, I was the only per- person to get arrested during COVID. I was, you know, there's a lot of people doing protests and doing good things, but I think it's just kind of the nature of the event: men, women, children, hymn books. Singing, mm-hmm. and then you hear amazing grace in the background yeah, while yeah. the other couple with me getting arrested. I mean, the optics were just so bad well, for cops. Plus, a lot of There's cops. There's no way they're going to win. A lot of cops don't want to arrest someone like that. It's a mm-hmm. ridiculous no. thing. Yeah. Because they're usually on board with us. They think this stuff's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, One of get- the cops in depositions was crying the whole deposition almost. Why? Because she, she hated that moment and hated the fact that she's put in that position to yeah, arrest Well, you us. know, people have to have this come to jesus moment and say that's right who am i serving here and they're serving these awful very just just terrible scumbag politicians which are basically avoiding the constitution and god-given rights and so you gotta have that come to jesus moment and say i'm not following this i'm not going to be a good nazi here i'm going to disobey that unlawful order inside with the people and that's what i res- yeah. would i expect all law enforcement to do that's one of the reasons sheriffs are so great or can be so great is because they're actually elected by the people and like police chiefs mm-hmm. um we're running short on time so gabe you end up suing them and you just got a settlement is that right like this yes. was within yeah. a month right <laughs> tell us about that yeah so so you know i uh, thomas moore society backed my case yep uh and they were great they were fantastic from the jump i i mean you live in a small town there's not much money here i mean people aren't poor here by any stretch but there's not tons of money here so thomas moore coming in and backing me was super helpful because it allowed me not only to win my criminal case that was against me but go through this three-year battle i had to battle my city for three years in federal courts about this mm-hmm. and i finally won in july i got a settlement um of a total of three hundred thousand dollars one hundred fifty thousand dollars goes to thomas moore and then fifty thousand goes to each 
a defendant, uh, Rachel Bonet and Sean Bonet, and then me. And so we, we each got $50,000 each. But what's crazy is the government wrongs you, the government pays damages, and then you turn around and have to pay taxes out of that You're Right. <laughs> it's insane. I didn't know that. I didn't know this until like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, that and so we finally won. Is it, is it? Imagine fighting your city, to uh, fighting your cops and fighting your mayor for three years to protect your own First Amendment rights that they should be guarding in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty egregious and was pretty frustrating. And I mean, we had to go through depositions and all this stuff, and 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 even in negotiations, the city violated court orders in negotiations. Um, the judge, you, you guys should read the judge's um, the judge's order. It was fantastic. He just said the city is incompetent, and obviously their leadership mm-hmm. didn't know what they're doing. Kind of stuff is really good, mm-hmm. and and but he orders the city into negotiations with me, and, and with my me and Rachel and Sean, and the judge uh, said to the city, "You need to have full authority present to be able to sign and agree to terms in the meeting." And the city violated those orders and didn't have the full authority in the meeting, in the first initial meeting, to agree to terms. And so mm-hmm. we had to come back to a second round of negotiation. So the city constantly was like playing politics and trying not to take responsibility and and constantly – and the court, if I would have violated the judge's order, I would have gotten so much flack from the judge. Mm-hmm. And, and it would have been really bad. Uh, but if the city does it and the judge is like, yeah, let's just meet again <laughs> and everything. So, But, wow. yeah, we, we won. We got $300,000 in the 1983 claim and lawsuit. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we were grateful you know, for the victory. And the city here, as Jesse probably reads the comments and knows what's going on in the city, the liberals here still want me out of town. They want me to take my money and leave. They want me yeah. – they still think I'm wrong. They still think I was selfish. They still think – you know, it, it doesn't matter what – even if a federal judge gives you a victory, the liberal cult here in town is not going to change their minds about, about um, you know, what, what it means to be a good neighbor and what it means to be a true city who can kind of get along despite maybe some of our – um, political ideologies. Well, Gabe, you sound mm-hmm. like a true patriot. I think we got to talk to you more often. Uh, we'll start this uh, whole Idaho, Minnesota thing because mm-hmm. uh, you speak like us, I love you talk like us, <laughs> think like us. Congratulations on that victory. We got to have him back on the program again. Yeah, Thank definitely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. And people should uh, check out your uh, YouTube channel. You were talking about cross politics. I saw you guys just uh, interviewed the QAnon shaman. So you guys are doing oh, some cool we gotta things. Get, yes. That guy is fascinating watching that Michael Knowles interview. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. going to go check yours out. I'm yeah. very fascinated. I want to interview this dude. Mm-hmm. was shockingly yeah. surprised how you would lead. I never believed that guy was violent, but certainly that was led to believe he was just an idiot. And I'm like, this guy's not an idiot. Yeah. Now, maybe I don't believe everything yeah. the guy believes, but he's not an yeah. idiot. So, all right. Yeah. What's the channel? Cross Politics Studios or CrossPolitics.com is our website, and you can get to all are you of on, that. Are you no on ads. Rumble, too, or are you just on YouTube? So we're on Rumble. We're on YouTube, as they allow us. We've been suspended about three, four times in the last yeah. you know, seven yeah. months, eight months from YouTube. Yeah, he just right. got kicked off Vimeo yesterday. <laughs> he's our kind of Vimeo people. Just can- <laughs> Vimeo just canceled us, and all our content on Vimeo was private-label content that only distributed to our club members and supporters. Wow. And Vimeo kicked us off yesterday and so now we're scrambling to try to figure something out so yeah you know youtube right now is allowing people like us we we haven't had a uh strike for months right so it's been a while yeah maybe we should start building our youtube channel back because we just gave up on it just went purely rumble we still post on there but well thank you very much for giving us your time and, and we'll have to talk to you in the future 
Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate right. it. Awesome. Jesse, I really like that guy. Yeah. I mean, he's just like us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing is I wish during COVID all the people that thought like this lived in one state. Right. And now I'm a little biased. Idaho's a pretty beautiful state, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of elk, lots of wild animals. Of course, Minnesota's a beautiful state as well. So I guess, quite frankly, we could have brought them all here. But put all those, you know, people that actually like Moscow, Russia, put them in a state, and then we all stay in a state, and then we don't have this problem. And guess who's going to boom? Guess who's going to be more productive? It's definitely going to be the state of patriots. Mm -hmm. It's true. I mean, that kind of happened with Florida, but let's be honest. I mean, it's not like Florida is all people that believed what we believed. You're still – because I flew to Florida during the pandemic, and uh, there's a lot of masks. There's a lot of masks down in Florida being Mm -hmm. worn. A lot of people believe in that crap, but that was fascinating. I really like yeah. that guy. I'm gonna check out his uh, interview with the shaman because that was mm-hmm. that guy's fascinating. Let's go to the story on the I-94. Do we have any comments that we need to go through? I was um, trying to look. Not really any specific questions. Okay. Um, I-94. You guys know about this? Last yesterday, right? We're um, wait. Ricky why did Cal- based Minnesota flip us off? That's, that's a thumbs, thumbs up. up. What are you What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that's a thumbs one, up. That was a you just start, are you just, emoji. Are you just starting <laughs> fighting words there, William. Jeez. Yeah, it looked like a middle finger. You know, emoji. I'm really triggered by your shirt. <laughs> by the way, it's Tucker. Why are you triggered by my shirt? Well, I think you're racist because that. I'm shirt. channeling my inner retiree. Are you? That's yeah. it. I don't think. I think they abandoned that idea of the. Was it Baga Boy? Bugaboo? Boogaloo. Boogaloo. What's it? Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stupid. Uh, you remember the one where they're like, this is racist right here. And now someone's going to screen capture that. Oh, we got him. We got him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, protesters on I-94. This is a gentleman. His name is Jonathan Mason. Um, this is one of those things where it's like uh, the the uh, the movie um, Old School where Will Ferrell goes streaking. And he's like, come on, we're going streaking. Come on, everybody. And no one joins him. Right. So he's running around town naked and his wife finds him in the car. Guys, seen the movie? This guy apparently wanted people to join him. Luckily, and we were worried about this, and we still don't know, is this going to boil into new BLM rights? I don't know. It's not looking like it, at least at this point. But this numb nuts decided I'm going to go stop traffic on 994. If you're not from Minnesota, this is uh, cars going usually about 60, 70 miles an hour. There he is. You can see him under the bridge stopping traffic. Mm-hmm. He eventually gets arrested um, by State Patrol. That's. That would have been fascinating for basically protesting state patrol. Now, this guy uh, went Facebook Live, and so you got to see this. This is so fast. He's calling people racist. He's uh, calling them pussies because they won't get out of their car. Watch, watch what this gentleman says as he walks out on the I-94. If you tune in, this is Jonathan Mason, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Another black man has been murdered by the hands of police, so we waited. I followed all the laws and procedures. We waited. We waited and seen the murder had took place like we knew it happened. Who gonna stand? Who gonna stand? The body right there, the blood still on the ground. This up! This up! Who gonna stand? Ain't nobody in Minneapolis right now in the city right now on this. Wake y'all scary ass up. I'm on that today. I'm on that today. Yeah. I want all the smoke from whoever, however. 
Put it out there like that. Tell your big homie, uh, Mason down at the scene, he said he won't justice and he's saying ain't no big homies out there with him you supposed to be my big homie but we are home yeah tell him that pull up now let's let's fast forward this to i think it's about 39 seconds ish and then he's actually in traffic i can't imagine doing this playing frog in the middle of traffic on i-94 i mean it just takes one guy not to see you go ahead play that yeah oh my mom i'm on that right now Shut it down. Stop. Is he we saying, is he down. trying to say internet? Is that we like the slang, the term? Cool term, just Ricky call Cobb it net? What, what, what are you saying, Jake? Just pause it real quick. Is, is he saying I'm on net? Isn't that what I he's saying? I have no idea what he's saying. Honestly. It sounds he's, like that's what he's saying. He's saying I'm on that right now, which oh, I would gotcha. assume is like a... Damn it, Bridget, I just realized you still don't have earphones. I we, can actually usually hear everything okay, you can. from Dawson's. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's so loud. <laughs> yeah, right, I... I have to blast my ears out for you guys to gotcha. hear it Okay, keep going. I'm on that. Yeah. I'm on that. Okay, I hear it now. I'm on that right now. Shut it down. We back shutting it down. This. This Looks like crazy. he had some people there with him. Ricky Cobb the second. Only Ricky guy. Ricky Cobb the second. Ricky Cobb the second. There's some people on the side of the road there. Yeah, but I don't think they joined. No, no, they didn't join. Ricky Cobb the second. Ricky Cobb the second. Ricky Cobb the second. Need a couple more soldiers out here. God, <laughs> needs some more soldiers. So that this up. Not a great leader. No one's following. Folks gonna be out here to save us. I got Minnesota. I'm the grandfather of Minnesota. This up. This up. Don't hit. That's it. You stop. You're done. You're done. Get his license plate. I think his shirt is on backwards. That's what a, you're paying attention that's to. That's a tag right there. No, I think it's just is that. Is that cool? Is Chris Cross coming to make it a, make it a comeback here? I don't know. I don't know. Watch stop. him stop his car. What you gonna hit me? You what you gonna hit me? Call. Oh, hit me. Hit me. Hit me. That's where we are. I would be so pissed out of that car. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you're done. Stop your whip. Somebody got murdered. You care? Murdered. Say his name. I want you to say his name. Say his name. Say his name. Ricky Cobb. Say his name. Say it. He said it. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> this is what we are. All right. All right. Cut it. Yeah. So he just does this. And that's how my honks at him. Let's go to some comments. What do people think about this crazy man? The napkinator says total cringe. Tucker says, say it, don't spray it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Base Minnesota says, dude has two brain cells um, that are fighting each other for survival. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I read Tucker's last comment. I can't what help laughing. Oh, okay. The vroom, vroom bump bump. bump. <laughs> well, see, that's the difference between. Basically, it's vroom bump. <laughs> right, right. Mm, that's yeah. the difference between Gabe and this guy. Like this guy's impeding traffic. He's mm-hmm. prohibiting people from. Uh, it, it's a commerce thing. Yeah, but Gabe's but Gabe, killing people with COVID. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Do you know what the uh, transmission transmission rate of uh, someone who doesn't have COVID in spreading COVID is? Zero. Yeah, zero. <laughs> in case people didn't know that, zero yeah. percent. Big bad zero. 
Mm-hmm. Outdoors, do you know what the transmission rate of someone with COVID spreading to another person? It's, it's approaching zero. <laughs> but yes, fair point. And here's the other thing. What if someone swerves, not Tucker's kind of swerve, or the Maryland swerve? Was it Maryland? We'll call it the Maryland swerve. Did I get that? Yeah, Maryland, MD. Not a Maryland swerve, but they swerve because they're trying to avoid them, and someone doesn't know that's coming. Knock right. someone out. You have mm-hmm. a constitutional right to block traffic. Mm-hmm. No, no. I mean, rights end where you're harming another individual. Right, exactly. Which is where the consistency is on abortion. I don't know why people get that one wrong. You don't have a right to harm another individual. Right. right. You have a right to do anything. You can harm yourself. I believe you can harm yourself. You have every right to take that COVID vaccine and suffer from myocarditis. You have every right to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. But the left doesn't believe that. You have no rights. The rights come from us. That's that's literally the big split between the right and left these days. Is Rights come from us, the government, and we're giving it to you. You're on a leash. We can haul those right. back anytime where the right believes you have God-given rights. The Constitution protects those God-given rights. And we played this video when MSNBC was basically clowning people who believe that theory which is in our founding documents. Mm-hmm. So what else we got up here? Bad at Aaron. I'm surprised there aren't any horns. There were. We just didn't play it long enough. <laughs> that dude spread yes. more COVID than the bat soup <laughs> in Wuhan, says Tucker. That's pretty funny. Yeah. We don't have a, a, a noble rant yet nope. today, do we? Mm. Nope. We got to bring a, We got to bring it. We're not bringing our talent. <laughs> Here's a story you probably haven't heard anywhere else. Oh, before I forget. So this gentleman's got a political connection. Apparently he was the campaign manager for royce white the republican <laughs> candidate. oh that's the funny part about yeah. the story yeah yeah that guy out there <laughs> yeah, apparently yes yeah that, that's, pretty royce white was... that's pretty nuts that's pretty nuts because so weird. yeah <laughs> do you think he's actually a republican or do you think he just likes royce white that's typical republican behavior that you see there like right? yeah right. you see that but otherwise is <laughs> he like yeah tax cuts pro-life ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be funny if he was you know only on the left for blm right. and everything else on the right. right yeah no i think we should uh do some digging into this guy see what he you but know think see about what's this. really going on think about this if somebody is murdered let's say a gay wrench i don't want to say that i shouldn't say that because then you know i feel like if you believe in He's jinxing, like five minutes off the air i know i feel like <laughs> jinxing but let's say someone like that is unjustly murdered by law enforcement what do we do mm-hmm Right. We what don't do we stop do now? Traffic. I don't think you stop traffic because yeah. it's yeah. not any good to harm other potential people. Right. That's a really bad idea. And right. It's not. It's not the people in traffic's fault. You know, it's right. not their fault. It's the system. What's the well, climate change? What do you change? do? You do something. You 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 heighten your protest if mm-hmm. someone's unjust, unjustifiably murdered. Yeah. Right. Well, people just hate your cause if you make their lives inconvenient, like Correct. the climate change protests. Right. Like you're not convincing anybody by stopping traffic. Go to the governor's governor's mansion. Make the politicians feel the pain. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's that's exactly figurative what pain. you do. Figurative pain. Figurative mm-hmm. pain. Yeah, we Had do to need to specify that. that. Yeah. Peacefully cause them pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. March over to the governor's <laughs> mansion and peacefully <laughs> cause them pain. <laughs> third indictment. This is so crazy. This third indictment against Trump. It's like essentially the way I look at this, Jesse. I don't know if you've how much. Of course, you've gone into this. It looks like they have to prove that Donald Trump didn't actually believe he lost the election. Yeah. And that that's the thing. You can't take that away from Trump. He he obviously believes what he says. He's he wouldn't be, you know, making the claim if he didn't think that the election was stolen from him. So, uh, 
you know, because obviously if he didn't believe it, he wouldn't be pushing anything like this. It, it would be, be the a biggest bad, fraudster on the planet. The biggest did. fraudster. Yeah. He'd be, yeah, just uh, trying to capitalize on something. And, you know, it would remove all credibility. But the fact is that the more we dig into the election, the more questions we have. And so, uh, you know, if they're going to have to prove that Donald Trump doesn't actually believe the election was stolen, then case, co- you know, case closed, it's over because Donald Trump believes it. And uh, he really did nothing wrong. And I think it was the deep state that was stopping Donald Trump. The Secret Service was stopping Trump from speaking at the Capitol. If Trump was speaking on those Capitol steps at on January 6th, I don't think we would have seen uh, the invasion of the Capitol. You call it an invasion? Is that what you call it? Well, by by the deep state, by the people like uh, Ray Epps and others who you know were telling people to break in, people who were breaking windows. Of course, you can't break windows to go into the Capitol building. But also, of course, as we know, the cops were opening doors, letting people in. So it's a combination of things. Well, the January six is complex. Of people were very peacefully walking through the Capitol. To, mm-hmm. and yet, of course, yeah, yeah. I love that uh, video or photo where it shows like it's like grandma and a couple other people, and they're walking right through the. Uh, what do you call those? Uh, the, the ropes. The rope section. Yeah. yeah and they're like mm-hmm. following the rules. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to this next story. U.S. credit uh, downgraded. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go talk about aliens first. Let's not talk about the U.S. credit rating drop. Is that fine? Let's let's ignore these well, important we stories. We got to talk about Barbie first. Future financial. Yeah, Barbie. Aliens. There you go. Another yeah. case. Let's <laughs> let's just dedicate the rest of the show to Barbie because that's what matters. I'm good. That's not good enough. <laughs> uh, we're not going to strike nothing. We have to talk the about comments. the aliens some more because yeah. aliens are real. Don't you know? Um, this is I mean, this is not the same same week as the alien story came out. This is actually when Trump's indictment came out. But Fitch, which is one of the few like prestigious credit rating uh, agencies, you got Moody's, S&P, Fitch. Fitch downgrades um, the rating from triple A status down to two A. This is a. Uh, 2A plus, I believe. This is um, not Gary Swindler. What's the guy's name? We'll find out. Play this clip of um, the gentleman from Fitch talking about it. Fitch, as you know, downgrading U.S. long-term credit to AA plus from AAA follows their rating watch negative call back in May and is the second downgrade ever by a major agency after S&P back in 2011. Joining us first this morning on CNBC, the interview, the man behind that call, Fitch Ratings co-head of the America's Sovereigns, Richard Francis. Richard, great to have you with us. Thanks for the time. All right, thank you. I would love to know sort of your some color on the timing and the thinking behind the call now. As some have pointed out, some of your quantitative models have actually been on the mend last uh, six months or so. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is a this is a steady deterioration that we've seen in some of the key metrics uh, for the United States for for a number of years. I debt to GDP in two thousand and seven, general government debt was was less than sixty percent, and now it's one hundred thirteen percent. So there's been a clear deterioration. Furthermore, we're expecting uh, fiscal deficits to to rise over the next three years, and we expect debt to continue to rise over the next three years. And furthermore, because of the higher interest rates and uh, the higher stock of debt, we're now seeing the interest burden rise pretty fast, actually, in the, in the case of the United States. So um, the underlying numbers are, especially on the fiscal and debt side, are, are, are quite negative. When it comes to I mean, the all right, let's cut about- right there. I mean, isn't that just fascinating? Now, I don't know what to think here. Is it, you know, half of me says, what took these guys so long? You just downgraded America finally? Like, <laughs> yeah. The, we have been bankrupt for so long. 
but there's the other side of me goes, what does what does that mean? Why is our credit rating going down? Because quite frankly, we can just print the money, right? Because this is interesting. You were telling me Walls was bragging about Minnesota's credit rating. Isn't that right? Yeah, apparently we have AAA status or whatever you call it. We do, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, and that's just a bond rating. So basically, the lower rating you have, the higher you have to charge in interest rates. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, not charge. The higher interest rate you have to give the creditors. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, we can't put it all on Biden, but it's happening under Biden, which means it's ultimately his responsibility. It's a, uni, it's a and, uniparty. Uh, it's a uniparty course, problem, right? Of course, right. But, you know, who's president as it's happening? Joe Biden. And uh, so it's almost like a, a little bit of a slam for Tim Walls to be saying, well, it's AAA here in Minnesota. It's like, well, your favorite president is causing all these problems for our country. And Tim Walls was a congressman voting for all those big budgets that yep. ended up creating more of a deficit. 2011, he was in, he was actually in congress in 2011 with s&p downgraded um, yeah. our credit rating yep. now he was too busy creating resolutions for klaus schwab at the time so he probably mm-hmm. wasn't paying attention yeah that did happen tim walls signed a re- or had a resolution praising klaus schwab and the great work of the wef yeah you know what's interesting about this coming now is that this is like a couple days after BRICS got together and announced mm-hmm. their new currency and there are like a dozen countries that are signing on to it. Well, so this is, very well could be the downfall of the U.S. dollar as the world reserve currency. Well, and this is the thing. Half of me is like, what took them so long? The other half is like, we just print money, right? But it's like, we, we, we actually are defaulting on the debt. And I brought this up during the discussion on the debt ceiling. Okay. We already defaulting on the debt. When you control the money, you devalue the dollar. If you... If you sell a one-year treasury, right, okay, and they're basically selling to us, but they sell it to, like, China, and they sell it to the Federal Reserve. That's just phony. But they sell the debt, and you get, let's just say it's 3% interest rate on a one-year treasury. But inflation erodes away all that plus another 2%. You lost money by locking your, your, your capital in that U.S. treasury. So they've already defaulted on the debt. So this mm-hmm. whole rating system is kind of goofy. The rating system, and, and I don't, I'm sure there's some smart guys over there at Fitch and all Moody's and all that, but it's like, I'm sure they're talking about this stuff, right? But <laughs> in the end of the day, their assessment on paper is, are they going to default on making good of the payment in U.S. dollars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if they're ever going to do that. And that's why we are completely screwed financially in the United States is because the only thing we can do to solve our problems down the road, especially as interest rates go up, is keep printing money. And when you keep printing money, you technically aren't defaulting on the debt. You're paying them back with dollar bills, but those dollar bills are useless, right? It's a bad bet. Of course, the best bet right now is a, what, a two-month treasury. You're getting like 5% for two months, which is, well, you don't get 5% annualized for two months. It's a great rate of return. Mm-hmm. We got any uh, mm-hmm. important comments here to read? Base Minnesota says it, it'll really hit home if and when the U.S. dollar loses its reserve currency status. status. Yeah, that's Sorry, right. Mm-hmm. Get that. What's Glenn got um, to say? Glenn, I'll just jump. Trump administration spent a lot of money increasing the federal deficit. Yeah, and that's true. Glenn's making a great point. It's not. J- it's a uniparty. Trump, and we've faulted Trump many times on this. This is actually one of the ones where Jesse doesn't actually defend Trump. You know, Trump, he's it, always got the, the only thing that he, Well... On the 4D chess, you know, Trump said that uh, because of the China virus, he is going to cancel all of the debt that we owe to China. So that's going to be a great start. He's going to have a lot more things to do. But, you know, uh, when we look at trade deals and things like that, we haven't had a president in the modern era that ever, uh, you know, 
was putting America first in those trade deals. So I, I think we're going to see we're going to see some improvements if Trump gets in there. Yeah. That's a that's a bet of mine. I I, I don't. I, I feel like we're jinxing this program. We haven't had a single rumble rant, so we're going to stop reading comments oh, until we God. get a rumble rant on there. Hmm. I, I feel like we'll be totally jinxed. What was your comment now, William? How does um, how do you cancel the debt? Do you just say you're not paying it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you would know you know who you're making those payments to, right? So you say- well, What does that do to our financial relationship with China? Well, I oh, mean, it, it, it would not saying that's a it'd good be, thing. It'd be really complex, it's and it's going to start the negotiations. There's going to be you know, a massive trade deal that's going to accomplish a lot of this stuff. But uh, it, it first starts just by coming to the table saying, F you, we're not paying you back. And uh, it takes that kind of attitude because if you just kind of go in soft, uh, then we're never going to get out of this entanglement with China. We're too dependent on them. America needs to start producing things at home. And uh, we need things to be American-made, and the only way to do that is by starting to cut at the debt that China has with us. Well, and this is the dangerous part about it. Okay, so why why do we have a a trade deficit? Right? There's no such thing as a trade deficit. I don't, I don't people don't talk this way, right? There's no such thing as a trade deficit. Why would anyone sell more goods and not get anything in exchange? It doesn't make sense. Really, what a trade deficit is instead of we them giving us a certain amount of goods and we give them the same value in goods back. We give them some goods back and the rest are in dollars. And what do they do with those dollars? And they invest them into our U.S. debt, right? Because mm-hmm. what else are they going to do with U.S. dollars? It's China. Yeah. They got to convert those dollars. So eventually they got to either convert those dollars into goods and services, mostly goods, or you got to buy treasuries or some kind of investment tool. Actually, it's kind of scary. They do buy like companies in America and mm-hmm. buy stocks as well. And land. But they got, yeah, and land. And they got to do something with that money, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why would they sell us more? So, so if you basically say we're not going to pay China back, well, then we got a problem because whatever we're depending on them and selling us goods, that goes away. So they got us on that one, right? Mm-hmm. But we got a real problem because there's really no such thing as a private company in China. They're all owned by the communist Chinese government, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, very goofy thing. But once again, I've said this before on the show. Most of our debt's not owned by China. People think that's like the majority of the debt. It's not owned by China. I think China owns like a trillion or something like that. Is it the, a plurality of the debt? or is it? No, who, it's not even close to plurality. Who owns the most? Let's, let's look well, it up. China owns the most. No, no, the most of foreign holders. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but that's a still, that's a, too, right? Like I know there's the some... vast majority of our debt. And, th- and we'll have to see if I'm wrong on this. We just Google uh, Dawson to see who owns U.S. debt. There must be a chart out there. Out there. I, I think maybe the Fed now owns the most, but I still think it's U.S. creditors. So basically, imagine you own a, um, a mutual fund. You might own uh, any of your retirement portfolios. Probably indirectly invest in U.S. treasuries, okay? Insurance companies, insurance products, investing in U.S. treasuries. Because Probably Japan owns the most. Was Japan surpassed China? What's it say here? Who owns U.S. national debt? Can we click on that top one? What is the balance? I don't know. Looks legit. Okay, so what's that? I can't read the screen Yeah, I can't read that. Okay, so intra-government holdings is a little... Di- okay, so that's not what I wanted to look at. Can, do we have a breakdown of the... Pu- there we go. Is that a breakdown of the public debt? There we go. This is this is what we want to see. Can you zoom in on that? Okay, yeah, and I, get, I think I was right. Fed and government accounts, big mm-hmm. portion of it. Um, then foreign is the yellow there. 
So foreign is the orange. Mm -hmm. Okay, so China or Japan own the majority of the, or the largest chunk of that. Yeah, see blue above that's mutual funds. Mm -hmm. So you can see the orange represents probably a third, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got depository institutions, states and local governments, pension funds, insurance companies, U.S. savings bonds. Other. Okay, so the vast majority of the debt is not owned by foreign entities. And of those foreign entities, if they just did China, it's a small sliver. And by small sliver here, I'm talking about like probably a trillion dollars. So like yeah. really large amount, but just relatively not the largest. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. It's just... Uh you know, we have to start somewhere and uh, China's the most obvious, uh, you know, uh, competitor and adversary to us that, you know, we, we don't need to be so dependent on. We, we don't need to, uh, you know, be indebted to them, uh, especially after what they did to us with the China virus, especially when they're trying to throw Trump out of office and, uh, you know, imposing the lockdowns at all is because of China. And uh, it's time for China to pay. It's partially China's fault. It's partially our own fault, too, though, with, by funding the NIH. Mm hmm. Looks, like, a, um, looks like our Gabe uh, curse has ended, so let's read the... Well, we have a $5 <laughs> room for it, and you said a $10 I know, one. But I had to call it a curse of somebody, and oh. Gabe's the only anomaly here. I really like that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. How well do you know him? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, Jeez. fairly well. I just had seen him at you know different events. We were both obviously on the same page as COVID was going on, and uh, so I was going to different you know debates and things that he was holding. So, yeah, no, as soon as I was... Uh, you know, seeing what was going on with COVID, you got to find some of your people to get along with and, you know, stand oh, yeah. together with. So he was, uh, the, you know, he was the leader of it. I thought we were cursed. I mean, he was only anomaly on the show and also no Rumble Rant. So what does Tucker <laughs> got to say? Um, he says Sequoia Capital has donated two mil million. Oops, I just jumped now. Two million to DeSantis is super pack. <laughs> Wait, Sequoia is, hold on one second. <laughs> is he handling like Twitter? Is, is a Rumble Rant, does it have a... Um, what, character what's the word? Limit. Character oh, limit? it must. Does it really? That's genius. Maybe. I mean, That's must, really smart. He's doing two five dollar. Or did he just instinctively go, "Hey, I'm at my two hundred forty <laughs> characters. I, I got to do two. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Um, you're good. Um, so I'll just start over. He said Sequoia Capital has donated two million to DeSantis's super PAC. Sequoia is the largest U.S. VC funder in China and owns a big stake in TikTok. Plus, they've partnered with Ken Griffin Citadel Securities to expand Citadel's stock and bond trading ventures in China. Now you know why DeSantis said he would prefer to enact tariffs against China because the, his biggest donors make billions there. Mm -hmm. uh, there you go. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page as you on that wait, one, wait. Tucker. Uh, because trade, trade is a really interesting one that I used to be more on the free market libertarian side of things until I started understanding what Trump was really pushing with these tariffs and especially on vehicles, uh, the automobile industry, uh, we're getting ripped off, especially right now we're getting ripped off with Joe Biden. But, uh, it wasn't until Trump came in that we started becoming competitive in the automobile industry again. Mm -hmm. what, what were you going to William? Sorry. I, I heard wood instead of wouldn't. And that's why I got confused. Oh. Mm -hmm. Tucker said it's only 200, not 400. 200 characters. Yeah. Hmm. What are those dashes under? Like, see where it's it donates? like a time know. limit. So, like, after the thing runs out, it disappears. You know, you would think I should know this kind of stuff oh. running a show that mostly is on Rumble now. So, but I don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we're the ones that mostly watch the comments. So yeah, fair enough. Well, well, William, do you have any defense of DeSantis? Tucker just, you know, <laughs> Tucker just gave us ten dollars <laughs> to trash him. Do you have any <laughs> any defense? No. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. I, I mm -hmm. Oh, this was reported. Yeah, this is this is pretty well known at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you just selective hearing, I guess, right? 
Your boy Selective hearing. I just <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about it right now. This is the the Sanctus not his body paid talked for about by China. This. We've never talked about. But I like this China. Before. <laughs> I like China. China. <laughs> yeah. That's what Nathan Wiesenberg's on Facebook. I don't know. China. Hey, you know what? China. If you want to challenge me on DeSantis, you gotta do a political junkies. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to talk, if you don't want to do political junkies anymore, I don't see the point in arguing. <laughs> no, I, I was just pointing anymore. out what Tucker had said. He's I was the, wondering. I was wondering if you had heard about he's it. He's the one who doesn't want to do say. political junkies anymore. By the way. <laughs> yeah. What are you afraid of, Jesse? <laughs> no, I'm not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to this story. Uh, Devin Archer. You guys following this thing? Devin Archer, the uh, former business partner with uh, Hunter Biden. Now, I was so excited. Um, who was it? Mark Anderson told us on Monday. Did we call him on Monday or Tuesday? I can't remember which day. We I, think I think it was Monday. Tuesday. Was it Monday? Okay, whatever it was. He's like, oh, yeah, this is the day that uh, Devin Archer is in front of Congress. I was like, I didn't realize that. And the reason I didn't realize it is because it was behind closed doors, right? So we won't know. I guess we don't know what that testimony is. We've seen the leaks. Obviously, they talk about it, Comer and all that stuff. But uh, Tucker Carlson on his show, if you will, on Twitter. Do they call it a show? I don't know if it's a show. Whatever he's doing on Twitter, Tucker Carlson interviews him. Highly recommend you go watch it. It's kind of – it doesn't get interesting to the very end. But it kind of shows that, well, it proves that Biden, Joe Biden being being the case here, not Hunter Biden, Joe Biden was well aware, was very um, aware of the business practices of Hunter Biden. And he just talked openly, and quite frankly, I don't even know the laws here, but just openly how Hunter Biden was selling his influence. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and then MSNBC says, oh, yeah, Joe and Hunter, they just like to chit-chat. <laughs> you know, yeah. Joe Biden would just, you know, he'd be on speakerphone just so they could talk about the weather. You know, that, that's, what, that's what the liberal media is telling us, that, uh, yeah, that he may have talked to Hunter Biden, but it wasn't about business. No, why would Hunter be calling business people, you know, sitting there with business people, calling his dad on speakerphone? Yeah, of course they weren't talking business. Give me a break. Of course they were. Uh, it's It's obviously a joke that, you know, but the American people see through it. Anybody who's looking at this uh, story objectively can see that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings, and Hunter Biden wouldn't even ever have a career if it wasn't for the Biden name. Uh, Dawson, pull up F12 for me. I put uh, the article from the New York Post in it. Are you, like, lounging back there? Like, what are you doing? You got back problems today? No, I'm running the show. Yeah, what, do oh. you, what do you mean? Oh, uh, like he disappears. Usually I can see his face and I haven't seen him. So it's like he's lounging or something. Just curious if your back pain is back. And a little bit. Scroll down a little bit there, Dawson. Uh, you'll see a letter. This letter. What happened to it on my screen? Here we go. There you go. Click. Can you zoom in a little bit? This is from, this is from when Joe Biden was actually the VP to Devin Archer, so this is 2011. Dear Devin, I and this is of Rosemont Seneca Partners. So this is where they hired Hunter Biden to be. What do you call this guy? The uh, he's just like government board. relations guy, like right? liaison, the, liaison, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, whatever. But basically, peddling his influence to the second highest position, right? The VP. Dear Devin, I apologize for not getting a chance to talk to you at the luncheon yesterday. I was having trouble getting away from hosting President Who. Now, this is very interesting <laughs> take by Tucker Carlson. 
the president of the United States. And he says this to uh, Devin. He's like, you were like 35, mid-30s at the time, right? How does it feel to have the vice president of the United States say, sorry, I didn't get a chance to talk to you. I was talking to a world leader at the time. Mm-hmm. So he goes out of his way to apologize because you're so important. And I uh, unfortunately was talking to a world leader. That's crazy right alone. I hope I get a chance to see you again soon with Hunter. I hope you enjoyed the lunch. Thanks for coming. And then it says a a personal from Joe Biden. Happy you guys are together. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know. I honestly don't know the laws behind this stuff. Okay. It's crony as hell. And this is the problem I have just generally with how Washington's run. But that's what they're doing. They're clearly selling influence. And they're selling influence that deals with world leaders. Yeah, and it happens more often than people know. You know, it's not just with this Joe Biden example. It happens all the time where politicians get their kids to sit on boards. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, John Kerry's sister was working at the U.N. for the longest time. There's all kind. you know, you, you got to watch who you're talking to when you're in those uh, government circles because, you know, everybody's connected, everybody's family, and that's why we need to drain the swamp. Tucker writes, last bit makes it sound like Hunter and Devin were a thing, but, you know, we yeah. know there's clear <laughs> evidence that Hunter Biden did like women. So we know that not to be true at this point. Mm-hmm. He also liked blow. He yep. just had a little drug problem. Very minor. Not a big deal. All right. Um, anything else on Trump's third indictment before we sign off for today, Jesse? I mean, yeah, is there nothing anything? really. I think, you know, uh, nothing that I can say that, you know, you can't hear from uh you know, some some respectable minds out there that basically are pointing out how ridiculous this is that, you know, Trump is innocent. We'll, we'll see how far along this actually goes if they actually do want to uh, lock him up. Well, I, I think the Supreme Court might eventually have to get involved in these cases and uh, set the record straight. So it's going to be crazy. It's going to be interesting. But uh, I don't think I have too much unique to throw on top of what I've already heard from, uh, you know, good people like Alex Jones. What about you uh, there, William? Do you have a hot take for us on the third indictment? Yeah, I haven't done a hot take today. <laughs> I didn't do a hot take last episode either. Hold so on, I need, hold uh, on one second. Oh, man, I need... <laughs> oh, okay, go. I'm ready for I, the hot take Was that now. even a sip? It looked like a fake sip of water there. <laughs> it was a real sip of water. That was a, uh, Marco, was a fake splash a Marco Rubio. Face. Marco yeah. Rubio sip. A Rubio. <laughs> yeah. Little yeah. Marco. <laughs> so I think we were talking about this this morning. What's crazy is that supposedly he's already been tried for these, you know, quote unquote crimes um, before Congress. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he was impeached in the House and he was acquitted in the Senate. Um, or maybe they did they vote on the second one? I actually don't know. Now that I think about it. You guys convinced me before that they did vote in the second. Well, one, so I know so they I voted they on they the on the Ukraine thing to equip. I, I don't think they did on the second one, but I, I don't know. But um, regardless, I mean, they've already they've already done this show and dance, so you can't you can't try them twice. That's against. Uh, so this is what's fascinating to me, and, and then we'll sign off here. It's it's that no president, former president, has ever been criminally charged, and here's the third one, <laughs> and these are like with another one coming up, three or four, right? They're going to do it in Georgia. Everyone knows they're going to do it in Georgia. And who knows how many more they'll pile on. Like, it's Yeah, ridiculous. but I mean, yeah, I guess. But I think at this point we kind of know that. It's almost as if we don't even care. He's not hurting in the poll numbers anymore, right? And so and you were saying, what time is he arriving in D.C.? Should we break the coverage? It's like, I don't know. 
I don't think we should. It's kind of getting old. And I think mm-hmm. voters are kind of like, this is getting old. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do we even care? Yeah, and Trump was acquitted twice. I just looked it up. He okay. was okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder but, what the double jeopardy claim would be like. That'd yeah. be interesting. There was a Newswire post on Twitter that I saw earlier, and I wish I could pull it up now. But it said that 52% of Republican voters would not vote for Trump if he were in jail um, come the election, according to Reuters. Yeah, but here's the thing. That's as of today. And I'm dead serious about this. Mm -hmm. What's 2024 going to look like? Now, I've been on this Mm -hmm. planet a little longer than you guys, okay? A little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. I love it when we're doing these show meetings. And these guys, Bridget, you're not doing it, but they go... (laughs) Oh, she's old or he's old. And I'd be like, no, he's not old. And then I realized they're talking about a 40 some year old person. I go, that is. I don't say old. I usually say older because you say old reference. Because when I hear old, I hear gray hair. And then, oh, shit. What is that in the crap? (laughs) More in the beard. That's the first to go. Um, I'm young in my head, by the way. Yes, you are. But they just it's. I don't think we have any idea what 2024 is going to look like. I was watching uh, Tim Cast, Tim Pool, and it was Michael Malice, and he had Roseanne Barr on it. Roseanne Barr is a riot these days. Oh, my God. A riot. I know she's mm-hmm. always been funny. Didn't like her much back in the 90s, but today, mm-hmm. hilarious. Basically, full-on cue, which is kind of cute. <laughs> she's like that old grandma that's like, you know, just <laughs> getting on the internet and reading these crazy conspiracies. <laughs> yeah. But she makes a bet with Michael Malice, $1,000 that there's not a presidential election in 2024 and he takes the bet. And then that there's another bet about military tribunals, but no joke at this stage right now, as we say it, we Trump, we don't know, but Trump might not literally, he might be the nominee of the Republican party, but not on ballots in major States. Mm-hmm. That's not, to me, that's not a presidential election, right? We have no idea right now what 2024 is going to be like. Oh, so you, are you saying that the, in some states he might be prohibited from being prohibited on the from being on the ballot? Mm-hmm. Wh- which states do you know? No, idea. I've heard someone talk about that, but I thought that was like unconstitutional to prohibit someone from running. Oh, I, what, what do you? Everything that's going against him right now is so well, unprecedented. True, true. This whole third case against him, third time, it's like it's free speech. The president has an opinion. He thinks the election was stolen. What are we doing here? Right. The best case that I've seen against Donald Trump, in my opinion, is number two. The second indictment is uh, classified. And I forgot to update this. So we kind of covered a story not really anyone in the mainstream media talked about. They, they all thought there was a smoking gun, and that smoking gun was the audio of this Iranian attack document. And it wasn't part of the charges. We broke that to you guys, right? Now that got added. So that apparently they found the document, and now they're charging him with that document too in right. the same classified right. Mm-hmm. You know, thing. Let's go to some comments here before we yeah, start. They, they um, found the document after they took them all, right? It's, you know, <laughs> it's, all like, this it's such a scam. It's just like, oh, we found these ballots underneath these tables. I wonder how they got here. You know, and what a weird one thing. to prosecute, too, right? Like, that one just seems to be the toughest case for him. But here's the other thing the toughest case. So, first case, ridiculous. The, the FEC didn't find any violation occurred. They're, they had mm-hmm. to create a law. To basically get Donald Trump, and they made it into a business. Yeah, like, Trump uh, sues Stormy Daniels. Trump wins. Now Trump goes to prison. What? It makes right. no sense. Okay, so that one seems ridiculous, but that's in Manhattan, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, maybe the best case against him, still very unprecedented, because can the president keep this, these documents, right? But I think there's a fish here. I see, I see two sides on that one. 
But where's he being tried? In Florida with a Trump appointed judge. So <laughs> probably the closest to a jury of his peers. This mm-hmm. third case, which is absolutely ridiculous, in the D.C. court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with a judge that's prosecuted J6. Not well, good justice there. Is that the same judge that uh, used to work at the same law firm that employed Hunter Biden? Did you yep. see about that? Yep. Yeah. Is it? An Obama appointee, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, God, no, the, the story circle. just gets deeper. And also, it's one of those things that why are they choosing these judges with no credibility? It's you know it makes it easy for us uh, Republicans and Trump people because we can just say doesn't it look these people have no though? credibility. I thought it got randomly signed. I don't know how if, it goes. I don't believe that for a second. They can they can claim that it ain't random. All right, all right. Let's go to some comments here. Um, Brad Gander says the 2024 election will be nothing like what we expect today. The election is a lifetime away. That's true. Oh yeah, um, I know. Right in in politics is it's like last year is a lifetime away. Right. I remember when Plenty lost uh in 2018 against jeff johnson tried primer and jeff johnson Mm -hmm. and just realized this is a different era it's like yeah hello tim it's a different era you won in 2006 2018 it's a totally different political era the best thing is when uh they not david han uh paul gazelka last Mm -hmm. place at the republican convention last may is it last may yeah last may and he's just like uh, obviously, this isn't the era of a yeah, this person. This is my year. <laughs> yeah, this is my year. This is an era of a person that's been in, in the office. It's like the outside year. It's like, yo, hello, read the room. Mm-hmm. So politics moves so quickly. I think what we're going to see in the next year, because I was watching Crystal and Sagar, and they got the timeline of Trump court cases and major events going on. Mm-hmm. And they, they are saying basically by Super Tuesday, Trump most likely, you know, assuming it's Trump, but it seems at this point Trump's going to, run away with it so it's a, it's it is a long journey by the way but if he does by super tuesday he might know and then you got all these events surrounding super tuesday and after super tuesday like one of the court cases or i think it was the manhattan one it's like oh my god we have mm-hmm. no idea what this is gonna look like so great point brad ganser um razzle dazzles up here i think it was razzle dazzle says william is slipping must be marriage bliss Tucker says he needs a monster totally agree <laughs> and he's got a monster too Okay, That's the thing. Does. So, what, what, how'd you get a Coke? Yeah, Razzle Dazzle's really has been attacking me today. Well, grab the uh, Coke there, just so people can see. No, grab the Coke mm, off the table. I, I don't know what you're talking about. You got a Coke Zero. This is not fake news. Right, it's right there. You I didn't see wanna, this guy? I don't know what point you're making. Bring it up. Bring it up. Help so out. it's on camera. This one's empty. But and this uh, is and th- this is just to bring him to that level of energy. All that just to bring in that level of energy. But by the way, that's why we like our blonde baby Matt Walsh. Well, it's you know, not it's like I'm ready deal. to throw punches when I sit in this chair. Like I'm just kind of, I'm just more of a mellow person generally. I know, so. but the audience needs a little bit more. William, they need some feistiness. You know, they want to see you going after the jugular. You know, because you got Jesse he's, over here. He's the wild I'm card. Back. <laughs> I'm not holding back. Yeah, I, I see. Uh, I see Brad saying I'm a flat earther. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a, Brad, I'm a lot of things, but I'm actually not a flat earther. Yeah, I believe well, I believe in the, I believe in the, the sphere. Meeting, but you already sounds like you're that. a normie then. <laughs> no, as far as the globe goes, I guess I am. <laughs> I know two flat earthers and love both of them, but boy, come on, what are you yeah. doing? And I don't mind it either. It's good to question everything. Yeah, that one's a crazy one. Though. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Bad hat Harry earlier when you guys were talking about age, he says you're making me feel old now, and um, Brad reassured him that it's uh, it's okay to be old. Apparently no, no, new. yeah, we just make fun of Jake. We don't make fun. No, of you don't make else. fun of me. That's not true. That's fake news right there. You're saying something legitimately, not thinking of it, and you just objectively think someone in their mid forties 
early 50s is old. And I catch you on it. You know what? I'll, I'll pull up a counter example. I thought CeCe Davis was younger than she was. You we were did. talking about that in our meeting this morning. And I got uh, that both, right. I think both Dawson and I. How old is she? 48, or maybe right? you and me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I thought she was in her 30s. Younger. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was too. late thirties. Yeah. yeah, you did. I would have guessed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's funny. Earlier, earlier in the week, we wow. were talking about um, Black Oppenheimer. Crack. Movie came out, and <laughs> I kind of did it as a joke, but I also just kind of was stupid for a little bit, and I was like, "So, yeah, back when like the nuclear bomb was happening, Jake, you like you might have been around for yeah, it. Yeah, you were. Yeah, God. <laughs> and it was like by accident too. I just stumbled across the funniest thing I've said all week. So. Oh, I thought that was on purpose. I, I don't think that it was. A oh, little bit maybe. It's funny. Eh, it's on purpose. Jake's the only old person I'll make fun of. No, Everyone else is young in comparison. And I'm not old too, you know. And especially in politics, that's why I got to have <laughs> Dale come over here more often, you know. <laughs> Poor Dale. He's like old as sin. <laughs> I got a, a, a supporter, big fan of Action for Liberty that. Uh, his saying used to be because he's is he say is is in the 70s i think he would say i'm 16 years i'm how does he say it i'm 16 years old with 60 years of experience 16 years old 60 years of experience mm-hmm. he's old i always ask him what it was like uh building the pyramids <laughs> brad ganser but i'm much not much older than jake there you go bad head harry same generation all right well let's uh let's end the show here is that good did we get everything out? Did we cover I so. everything? I think so. It was stacked. Well, the Tuesday show, um, obviously, we had a breaking news conference, so we don't have that here today. And I'm glad we stuck around. Stuck around for that. That was good. So anyhow, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. We appreciate all you guys tuning in. Really makes our day. We love the Rumble rants. That really brings up our mood. We love the feedback. We love the comment section. Unfortunately, they don't keep that comment section up after the fact. Tell other people. Make sure you like this episode. That tells the algorithm. Hey, show it to more people. Uh, share it with friends that you want to hear the true stories, especially when it comes to, like, COVID tyranny. And uh, what else did we talk about today? Oh, U.S. credit rating and the protester on 984. Share the story and everything we're doing here with more people. Um, Razzle Dazzle, please share our Barbie review with (laughs) friends and family that you know of. We will be back on Tuesday. Take care. Have a great weekend.